Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. I am your temporary host, Alex Lovell, joined today by none other than Andrew Ainsworth. Andrew, how are you doing today? Let's go. Uh, I was trying to come up with something as clever as we had last week, uh, and the only thing I could come up with is AA, and that's kind of depressing. So I, I don't know if we can think of anything else. Maybe by the end of the episode, we'll have something clever uh, like we did last week with WAP. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out as we go along, because we do have a lot to talk about, but maybe something will spark a thought in our minds. Because yes. let's, let's, let's just jump right into it. You got dinner cooking or lunch. I don't know. We're not revealing what time we're recording this. Uh, <laughs> let's jump all the way back to last Thursday, Liverpool 7, Lincoln Red Imps 2. Not the team from Gibraltar, the team from lower down in the English Pyramid. Uh, a great performance from the backup Reds, the off Reds, substitute Reds. Andrew, what what really stood out for you in that match? Because it was a, a lot of people we don't necessarily get to see a lot, but we haven't scored seven goals in a very long time. So how did you feel about that one? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that Last year, when you look at these cup ties, we played a lot more like what felt like kids. And this year, it feels like we've really bolstered our options. I know it's only, you know, the, the it was like the second week of the season, so everyone's healthy. But it feels like we really bolstered our options, and we were able to play a lot of, like, B slash C team players that might even come on as subs during the premier league. So it was nice to be able to, to play guys like that and just crush a team and give them confidence. Whereas last year we had the kids, we were able to give them confidence, but it, it wasn't as much of a beat down that we're that, that we saw on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's so nice to be able to play players like <clears throat> Minamino and Curtis Jones, who are in and around the first team and have made appearances and are clearly like second or third person to come in every match. And they just looked a class above. Uh, it was also great to see Shakiri is alive and remembers how to play. I mean, that free kick. We just abused the right side nasty. of the goal. Like. It, Shakiri's free kick, Minamino's curler, Curtis Jones is both both of his curlers. Um, it's just ridiculous placement on the shot, um, and it's something that we've been practicing. Also, uh, they, I mean, despite them getting trounced, name of the night goes to Lincoln player Connor McGrandles. That is just a fantastic name. I I want to have. I just want to sign him just to have a Liverpool McGrandles jersey. <clears throat> I know it's not this time of the podcast, but I really like Lincoln City's badge. Yeah, it's uh, it's very unique and kind of disturbing, but in a cool way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost um, where the wild things are, in a way. Yeah, yeah, I, I I completely agree with with everything that you're saying there. Minamino looked really good coming in and. Um, you know, we, we usually don't see him or, or we haven't seen him up until now, like really flourish in a game like that. He's always 
looked good. Like we we've seen him have his chances and we've been really excited about the prospects there, but he was able to really control, um, you know, the, the attacking end of, of that entire game. And that was, um, a really awesome thing to see. And, and on top of that, we, we had, you know, Origi score, Curtis Jones, you said his two, you know, Marco Grujic scored. So really everyone's everyone across the team sheet was was really just put, put ball, put ball, put ball. putting them in. I can't <laughs> say that. <laughs> we'll allow it. And yeah, I mean, you saw the goals and you said you saw like we got to see Samikas for the first time, and I know he got hurt at the end of that match, but he looked good. He was playing a lot of those cross field passes that we expect from our fullbacks. Uh, Harvey Elliott looked good. Uh, I mean, everybody just like when we ha- we played last year and we had the kids, they just looked so tentative. But now everybody, they, I guess, partially because they're so much better than the people they were playing, they just look so comfortable and mm-hmm. looks like they could do whatever they wanted. Um, I mean, even Reese Williams making his debut looked pretty comfortable. I think the only one that might not have looked at, at his best was possibly Nico Williams, and that kind of escalated. But, Andrew, did you see anything that was worrying about his performance, or is he just a kid and he's still a cut, getting accustomed to playing first team? Um, I mean, if it was Trent, I would have said, like, it was a little bit worrying. Some of, some of his issues, you know, they – Lincoln scored twice. Um partially at his fault and you don't want to blame a kid like that. Like he's, he's got all the promise in the world and you know, the, a lot of players have, have come back and issued statements because a lot of fans have had a lot of backlash um, at him about his performance, which is crazy in like a seven two win. <laughs> Yeah, people are are lashing out at him, but it seems like the whole team has like has his back. Right after the game, you know, I I hadn't even seen anything on social media yet, and I saw Harvey Elliott like posted a picture of him, and, and so like everyone's got his back, everyone's doing the right thing, and he's I'm sure he'll he'll bounce back. It's just silly how some people can't like think things through and think maybe this this kid doesn't deserve all this hate because he played poorly in one game. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like Liverpool Twitter just can never fully escape from being that weird place that it was before we got good again. Uh, and every once in a while it slips back into just being really annoying and stupid. And that's, I mean, those, those people that did that, they're not – the kind of fans that any club wants and surely they should have a look at themselves and never do that again. But I mean, yeah, he's, he's young, he's getting time. I mean, Trent wasn't perfect when he broke into the team because he was a small child and Nico Williams is still essentially a small child. And even if he's not fully developed, he's already got a goal for Wales, a match winner for Wales. So, I mean, he, there's definitely something about him and he'll learn from this experience more than anything. Uh, And, like you said as well, the team spirit, everybody rallying around him uh, will definitely help him get through this. Uh, last thing on this match, I've got two questions for you, Andrew. One, are you sad that of all the seven goals, 
Harvey Elliott did not score one of them and therefore could cut off his man bun? No, we need to keep the man bun. We need to, you know, if, if things go south, which I don't think they are, in any way, shape, or form, we've got to be able to sell him the leads. <laughs> he had That's an true. assist. He still looked good. Like, just didn't <laughs> score. we got to sell him the leads if this keeps happening. He needs the man bun for that. That's true. I mean, despite it not being public, surely they're interested. Surely yeah. Bielsa is on the phone to Klopp saying, get me this kid. I need him. He can <laughs> fill out my plans. <laughs> Uh, and second of all, I know there's been some uh, division uh, uh, on our kind of offline thread, and I know I've changed my opinion on them actually. But what do you think of the away kids? I still, I, I know y'all, y'all are all changing your mind, but I still think it. It like everyone thought it looked good after they saw. Tiago wearing it like no one yeah. no one thought that until they saw that that beautiful man wearing that jersey or that kit um no no it's it's not it's not it's I mean I'm leaning more towards not a about- kit but still no not good do you like it now uh, I do like it, and I think the more I look back on it, the more that the just the marketing pictures that we launched with made me not like it. Because I don't know if you remember those, but they just looked really strange, and I, I don't know if they were trying to make the people that were in them look dopey, but they did, and it made it look less cool. And, and I guess once you see it outside of the context of someone with like their mouth ajar looking like they're trying to fart or something, it, it looks a lot better that way. They're just not, like, they're not a Liverpool kit. That's the thing. Like, it, it could be for any other team, but it's just not a Liverpool kit. Yeah, I can see that. That's, a, that's just what you get with Nike, I guess. You get the same kit that everyone else is wearing with maybe some minor changes. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, and... One match that we did not wear that kit in uh, is the match against Arsenal on Monday, coming away as victors three to one. Uh, a lot to talk about, but Andrew, was there anything that stood out in this match to you? Because a lot happened, but was there something during the match or the afters between Klopp and Keane that stood out, or just in general? Um. One, which is what everyone's going to say, is just the the dominance other than the um, Robbo's assist. So I'll I'll leave that up to you to discuss. Um, The second thing, which I think I've seen a little bit about, but a lot of people are talking about Mane, Salah just never... I'll just never understand like how good he is until I'm watching him playing. And then after the game, it's like I turn off that switch and forget. Like he's just every single game he's able to drive at their, at the other opposing team's defense. And he's so incredibly strong when he's taking that corner. So when he's, you know, Virgil will, will, 
kick it 80, 60 yards downfield. Mo will take it directly at his feet, and there will be a defender like 10 feet in front of him. And the way that he can get around them by literally going to the side of them and just doing like a 90-degree turn and cutting inside is like it's every defender's kryptonite, it feels like. And and the way he can get in front of goal, you know, we criticize him a lot for – not scoring a lot of chances that he has. But the reason he has all those chances is because he's so amazing with the ball at his feet in open space. And you saw that probably four or five times against Arsenal. So that's that's probably what I would – like my, my favorite part of watching that game is just watching him dominate. Uh, but I'll leave it to you just to talk about tactics and – and the first and second half and the changes there. Uh, yeah, and v- apart from the tactics and stuff, I think one of my favorite moments was, uh, who was it, Lee Dixon or Graham Lasso, who was the color commentator, kept referring to uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles as Mainland-Niles. <laughs> like, <laughs> like from no, the mainland. No. no, he was saying Maitland-Miles because oh. he was running so many miles during the game. <laughs> that's that's even worse, but also even more funny. That's, that was definitely a highlight. Um, you know, there's no real other highlights. That's just that's just it. Uh, but seriously, there we were just so dominant. We were so balanced. We had everything under control. Uh, I mean, there had been. I know I uh, Will and I had touched on the fact that we didn't necessarily think that Genie and Nabby brought the best out of each other, but uh, they covered for each other so well, uh, and especially when Fabinho was in that mix, they were just everywhere they needed to be. And the, there was a stat circulating; they only missed six passes until one of them was subbed off. Uh, like that was that's insane against a team like Arsenal, who had who beat us at the end of last year. Granted, we were hungover then. They beat us in the Community Shield which is a glorified preseason game. But still, I mean, they, they had beaten us twice in a row. And it it's they're still a tough team to play against. And the way we played against them, they didn't look like a tough team at all. They just looked like and also ran. And that was pretty incredible to see. Uh, and, yeah, like you, you touched on Salah. He's so strong. I mean, we saw all those pictures and uh, I can't even remember when it was when he was like had his shirt off and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, Mo is freaking jacked. And you can see that when he's setting up the goal, Mane's goal, when he's powering past people and drilling that shot and forcing a terrible rebound so that Mane can easily tap it in. And then on the other side, Mane, uh, untouchable, really. <laughs> Just the fact yeah. that we have both of those players is insane. Um, and apart from that, we've got another player that we can throw into that mix when Diogo Jota came on. So, Andrew, were you impressed by his debut? I mean, he yeah, I mean, everything else, he, he wasn't, I mean, he, he was on for what, 20 minutes. He could have easily had a hat trick. I, I think he had a chance. His, his hardest, the hardest one would have been the goal he actually scored. Yeah. So he, he could have easily had a hat trick. It's incredible that on his first game, he comes in and in, in the premier league and scores, um, that's going to give him all the confidence he needs. And, and it seems like, again, like all the players are, are backing him up. 
everyone's just excited to have new people around and and excited to be there. Um, he was in all the right positions the the entire twenty minutes. Like he he is definitely going to be that guy who like takes us to another level when instead of taking bringing on a Riki, we can bring him on. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, even an argument to be made that when he came on, our level went up a little bit despite Mane going off. He, he was just so dangerous uh, and it was, he was had a different approach and wasn't able to do kind of the electric, just talent and skills that we saw from Mane throughout that match, but he was in all the right spaces and he was so wide open most of the time, which is the crazy part. Like he's just, uh, part of it was Bellerin, but part of it was him being really smart and getting into those spaces. And I know there was a lot made of the one where Mo kind of stretched for the ball and they kind of got in each other's way. But one, that was their first ever game together. And two, you can't really fault either of them for being hungry for goals. So uh, we we definitely had uh, the luxury of seeing him come out there and nearly get a hat trick, but like you said, scoring the harder of the chances. Uh, are you are you worried at all about the how the way they scored, or, or what do you think it's a one off? Because there's been a few errors to start the season, uh, but that we were just so dominant that that error is, stands out so much more because mm-hmm. it was so uncharacteristic. Are you worried that there's something else going on? Or do you think the sloppiness comment is true? Cause there's been a lot of talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not worried yet. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm optimistic that the, these are just some flukes and, and you're, you're right. It wasn't just that one goal in the arsenal game. I mean, verge had, had had a couple slips there um, in the games prior, and, and we've given up some easy goals for no reason other than just it's like we're just uh, maybe not sloppy, just like at you know ninety ninety nine percent instead of a hundred, where you know the the wrong kick or or the ball bounces a little weird and the player's not on top of it, so. I have optimism that it'll be fine, but it's definitely something we should watch. Yep, and we'll get a a chance to see it again, uh, get tested, because we are playing the exact same opponent, Arsenal, in the League Cup, because we have games every four days now, it seems. Uh, Are you expecting a lineup similar to the Lincoln match or will we go a little bit stronger because it's a better opponent or what are you expecting from this? Um, I, th- I think we'll go in between. So we're not going to have like Nico Williams, but we might not have Trent, you know, we might play with like a, a weird, like a weird shape just to try to fit in the right players. I know Klopp loves the four, three, three, but I could see him just trying to like, play the, the right people and keep everyone healthy and rested. Um, so most of those Lincoln players, I could see Diago Jota playing um, from from the start of that game. I could see Minamino playing. I could also see Salah, Firmino, Mane. I mean, it, it's hard to judge. It's, it's 
Arsenal, you know, they're a good team. You want to play your best players, but it'll probably be somewhere in between our normal, maybe like a A2 or, or a, a B-plus team. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I'm almost leaning the other way, where I feel like it will be essentially the same lineup just to get the 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 A minus B plus players, the fringe players that are just on the verge of breaking into the starting lineup periodically, uh, give them more chance to get solid game time because that I mean that is one of the positives of playing all the time is that you've got one team playing on Sunday or Monday, and then you can play your other completely different team on Thursday, and they're each getting one game and one game and all getting up to match fitness at the same time. Uh, and it's interesting that you pointed out the different shape because for that Lincoln match, we it looked like, and we played like we did have a bit of a different shape. It was it kind of drifted between almost like a midfield diamond in a way or like a 4-2-4. Everybody was going everywhere roaming around i mean the the lineup graphic i'm looking at nominally has harvey elliott as one of the strikers and origi is the other with minamino as a 10 so maybe we see something like that again um and you probably end up seeing milner play left For back sure. because samikas is injured but uh, maybe it's gomez instead of virgil this time and maybe it's reese williams again or Billy Comedio, who seems to be fit now, maybe he gets his chance. But I'm kind of expecting a similar lineup just to, one, give these people some match time to be able to stick with the first team. And two, I I don't know if Klopp would necessarily be crushed if we did not advance. I mean, I think he would appreciate the rest apart from that, just to not have games every four days. But, yeah, uh, Andrew, why don't you go ahead and give a, a score prediction for that, if thinking we're going up a little more strongly with our lineup um i think arsenal is gonna play their best players because i they're they've gotta try to attack the carabao to try to win a trophy um so i think it's gonna be high scoring three two liverpool um lots of goals Obama is still not going to do anything. Do you think it will match the score from last year when we played in the League Cup, which I believe was 5 5? 5 5 with yeah. it was only kids. Yeah, and Arigi. <laughs> yeah, kids and Arigi. Which I, I also want to bring up like, we need to have those players like Milner playing in these games with that really young lineup to like give them the confidence and have someone there that can like tell them how to react. So I, we've got to play a in this, but yeah, I could, I mean, the high scoring, I said three, two could be more. I think my initial thought was four, three, but I think we're definitely going to give up some goals because we're definitely not going to have our starting back four. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. I, I think the League Cup match last year will be a good good teaser for this upcoming match. I'm kind of thinking like three all, maybe go to penalties, something like that. Adrian, the hero, and penalties again. But there should be a lot of goals. Um, and hopefully, I'm hoping to see Jota too, just to give him more time playing with some people he might play with further on and get some more goals. Just, just keep it going. 
and after that match on Sunday, we play Aston Villa, who have started the season very counter to how a lot of people predicted them starting the season. They actually look competent. Uh, I think they are technically joint top right now. Uh, and uh, they, I mean, granted, Fulham made them look good because Fulham are trash. But, I mean, what are you expecting from this? They've got a lot of new players, and it actually seems like it's working. I mean, look, Alex, it's <laughs> it's Aston Villa. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to get me excited about this game. <laughs> like, trying to act like it's like, yeah, they've they've looked really good in the league. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll grant you that, but they've also played Sheffield and Fulham. So, like, wh- who's to – like, and, and really they, they scrapped by in Sheffield, and Fulham they beat 3-0, and Fulham might be – the worst defensive team that the Premier League has ever seen so far. <laughs> Do you think so, uh, you think Fulham will give Derby County a run for their money for that eleven points total? Um, it's looking like it. I mean, they're they're just already after a few games, like losing it. Like <laughs> the, <laughs> Their their owners tweeting their their manager can't handle it. He he just seems like he's already over it. I kind of feel sorry for them in a way because it's just like so early in the season and everyone's already like, nah, you're done. Like I, I think Patty Power is already paying out on them being relegated. Yeah, I saw that too. That's sad. That is really sad. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect from this? Uh, I'm kind of expecting it to be a little bit like it was last year. If you remember, we it was an error that led to us coming down, going down. Robbo scored again, and then we scored the late winner. I don't think it'll be as dramatic, but I, maybe because the second game we played against them, it was after we won the title already, but it was still kind of tough. I think we won two, nothing, but they had like five chances where our defense just was so far pushed up because they're so bad that they had the whole field to themselves. It's just going to be kind of annoying. And I misspoke earlier. They are fourth because they've only played two matches, but they won both of them. Um, So I, I think it will be, frustrating i don't think it will be the best match to watch but i think it will kind of feel like the second half against chelsea where it wasn't necessarily as exciting as the domination against arsenal but it was a lot of let's go from side to side let's make sure we find some openings let's then let's capitalize and go and get our shots less uh more of that than let's just pepper the goal and dominate and overwhelm them. It'll be a different kind of overwhelming. Uh, and they will confuse us by potentially wearing either Burnley or West Ham kits when they show up in the game. <laughs> different numbers and different names on the back also. Yeah. They're just going to swing by the club shop on the way to the stadium. <laughs> mm. uh, what, what are you thinking score-wise? Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking like – Two, two, three, one. Because we're not allowed to keep clean sheets anymore. Three to nothing. 
Uh, that would make me very happy. Three, two, nothing. There's no way that. I mean, I just no. It's Aston Villa. No. Uh, I'm. I'm. The thing that impresses me the most about Aston Villa is, and it kind of applies to Sheffield's Ollie McBurney as well, is that Jack Grealish gets away with. He's like. He's clearly not wearing shin guards. <laughs> And how how has no ref said and not said anything like, "Hey, sir, that doesn't count." I mean, tell me, what is that like? If you aren't wearing shin guards, how does that help? I don't know. I guess it it feels maybe you feel more free to do training because I mean I've never felt like shin guards really get in the way. I've never cursed the heavens. That I had that I had wearing a shin guard because it has just turned my leg rigid. I, I I don't get it. I shout us out in the comments and let us know why you wear tiny shin guards if you wear tiny shin guards because I just don't get it. Maybe I'm a proper football man that way, but, but to me the game's gone. <laughs> the game's gone. Jack Grealish. It looks like he's not wearing shin guards. It has it's nothing not to do his, with all the handballs. It's not his hair. It's not the handballs. It's the fact that his shin guards are too small, and the sport that we know and love has now been tarnished forever. It's ruined. Might as well <sighs> quit. I mean, we'll probably have to quit soon because everyone's going to get COVID. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess speaking of that. How are you taking the news that uh, Tiago has COVID? And I think you also brought up the fact that the Allison worry might have also been the club thinking he had COVID as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Al- Allison had to be because it, nothing came out post match that Allison was hurt in any way, shape, or form, and then it was just like out of the blue, like Allison might not be fit. And then they probably did a COVID test. He passed. They did another. He passed. And then he played. Um, Tiago, like, it sucks. I'd like to see him play. And if this was, like, four years ago, I would have been like, I can't believe he's not playing yet. But I'm just so used to players taking, like, six months yeah. to really fit into the team and be good <laughs> that now I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm fine with it. Our team is so good that we don't have to worry about it. Let's just let him slowly take his time and, and get healthy and, and do what he needs to do. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm very happy that he's here, but keep him away from everybody. We don't want this to spread throughout the club. We don't want it to spread anymore that it already has just in general, but Probably what happened, like you said, is they Allison had Tiago and his family over for dinner or something. Yeah. Like as a welcome to the club. And then he got the news and Allison was like, Oh goodness. And that was that was the worry. But thankfully he didn't have it. And hopefully that will be the only person at our club that has it. Uh, and he does get better soon. And I'm sure it is in some way related to Jack Grealish shin guards. So I will go ahead and continue to blame him for that because, as you know, the game's gone. And so are we. That's the end of this episode. Andrew, thanks for joining me today, tonight, before your dinner, lunch, breakfast. Whatever time it is. Yeah. You don't know. We're not going to tell you. We're going to keep it a mystery. 
uh, just like the mystery of why the shin guards are so small. That's it for our episode. Andrew, as always, why don't you sign us off? Um, man, I really don't have anything to say. Um, we're probably just not going to have any more soccer after like next week because COVID's going to ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I don't know, tighten up. <laughs> <laughs>